Yo, thanks for listening to the podcast. Full disclosure, this is my second take on this podcast. I started, I got about two minutes into my podcast just now, and I went, you know what? This sucks. I'm starting over. (laughs) I got some cool stuff to talk about today. Uh, We're going to talk a little business ownership. We're going to talk about a story that I I became privy to this week about a business owner who was not kind to his employees in front of the public. And we'll talk about that, and I will empathize a little with the business owner, but also we'll talk about what do you do in these situations, right? Right. Uh, I want to talk about my week, very busy week. I was out and about pretty much every night this week, so talk a little bit about all that. And um, and I think, you know, the the I, I want to thank you, first of all. We popped a really nice number on this podcast last week. I think it's because we talked about radio. Um, it typically tends to happen. The Radio 95.1 Lineup Changes podcast did very well. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are interested to see what I think, and I'm flattered by that. Thank you. Um, I, I I would continue to say I really like this new lineup, and I did get a chance to listen a little this week. I heard Newman and Lonsberry one day, and the little bit that I heard, probably a good 15 minutes or so of that, sounded fantastic. Uh, I, I also got a chance to listen to, although it didn't quite count, DeTulio and Deanna, but it was on Friday, and on Friday there were guest hosts in which was Chris Kanya, who's my boy. I love Chris Kanya, but he's not obviously not going to be there permanently. And then Mark Mara also, who I'm a big fan of. I think he's hilarious. Um, so it wasn't the true DeTulio and Deanna show, so I guess I haven't gotten to hear that yet. Uh, and Louise I haven't gotten to hear yet. But, but long story short, I, I have high hopes for this lineup, and the little bit I've heard so far has been really good. Um, so good for them and good for that, and uh, happy to hear that. Now, um, I... I want to tell this story, and I want to be careful because I want to protect the innocent here, and I don't want to give away where this was. They don't deserve it. But um, a friend of mine told me about being in a business this week, a locally owned business, where the business owner was talking down to and essentially just, I don't know how to put it any more eloquently than this, was basically being a dick to his employees in front of the public, which is a major and massive no-no. You can't do that. That is an absolutely never okay. You just can't do it. I want to empathize some. That's what this podcast is about, right? We talk entrepreneurs, business owners. We talk a little bit about what that's like and how it's hard and how people don't realize how hard it is and how frustrating it can be and how you just have a thousand things coming at you from a thousand different angles And sometimes you get frustrated. And I would love to say, I mean, we all as human beings, not just as business owners, we all as human beings have slipped and probably been short with someone or been a little extra mean to somebody or quite frankly, just flat out been a dick. And we should never do that, right? As perfect human beings, we would never be a dick ever, a day in our lives. None of us, I think, none of us have managed to accomplish that. Not a single one of us has gone our whole lives without one time ever being kind of a dick to somebody, right? I I mean, I feel kind of safe saying that. That said, there's got to be a discipline for you, especially in front of the public, where you just can't do it to your employees. It's, It's an easy way. You think about it like this, and this is kind of a comedy principle too. Punching up is always okay. Punching down is never okay. If you have power over somebody and you flex that power, never okay. It's just never okay. It never is a good look to do that. 
So in this situation, um, apparently the employees at this guy's business, uh, it, 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 there was two situations that this person witnessed where an employee asks the business owner a question. And in both situations, the business owner says something like, come on, you know what to do. Right. And in the other situation, he goes, now, let me ask you something. If I wasn't here, what would you do? So this person witnesses both of those interactions. And of course, the kids working there, and they were described to me as kids, like maybe teenagers at best, early 20s, are just deer in the headlights, just staring at this guy like, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I don't know what to do. Now, I want to take both sides of this. First of all, shame on the owner, shame on the business owner. Never, ever in front of the public, ever, for one. For two, Certainly not the most calm demeanor to take with an employee. That's where I want to split this into two conversations. How to remain calm when dealing with an employee who is in the process of, I guess we could say, disappointing you. But then also, I do want to provide some empathy for the business owner. I've been in these shoes and I've certainly felt this frustration before and I understand it. So let's start there. What it is, I think, to get inside of that head, because I have been in a situation where I've wanted to look at an employee and I wanted to say, you know what to do. Do the thing you were trained to do. Don't ask me. I've wanted that. I've wanted so badly to say that. Um, And I may have, like I said, not a perfect human being. But again, I'm lucky we're not in front of the public at my place. Uh, Not perfect. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry if that made me lose a point or two in your heart, but it's, it's... It can be a lot at some point. I do think that there is some guilt that does belong to employees seeing the opportunity to be mentally lazy as an available option. And what I mean by that is I mean I do think oftentimes uh, people are smart. They know what to do. Your employee, his employees probably knew what to do. They probably, though, at the same time as what they knew what to do, there was probably something about it that was slightly inconvenient. There was probably something about it that was a little extra hard. Just some little nuance about the job that to them in that moment made it so it wasn't as cut and dry as the business owner probably thought it was. And so from the business owner's standpoint, they're going, just solve it and move on. And from the employee's standpoint, they're going, yeah, but... I've never had to deal with it before where I've got this extra little nuance involved and I just want to make sure I'm still heading in the right direction. Totally get both perspectives there. I do. I understand the employee saying, look, I don't know. Usually it is A to B, but in this situation, it seems like there's an A, an A.2, and a B, and I just want to make sure that I still handle A.2 the same way I normally would. The business owner happens to be here, so I'd like to get that confirmation while you're here. I get that standpoint from the employee. Like I said, I also get the I've been in the position as the boss where I'm going, it seems like you're just dumping your problem on me right now when you know exactly how I want you to solve this. I've also been there. Totally get it. Back to the beginning. Never, ever in front of the public. One of the best business lessons I ever learned came from a TV show. A TV show. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I think it was really good advice. And it was two business partners talking to each other. And saying how in public, outside of this room, they were in their office, right? They're in the office. And they're saying, outside of this room, we defend each other to the death. Inside of this room, we hold each other accountable. I think you need that room. 
I think is a bit, I think the ultimate lesson what we're saying here is you need to have that room, that place, whether it's your office, their office, or a neutral place. And oftentimes a neutral place is probably best. I actually am lucky with that in my business where I don't have an office. So pretty much no matter where we go is always going to be a neutral place in my facility. But some people don't maybe don't have that, whatever. Nonetheless, back to the point. There needs to be a place where we hold each other accountable, whether, whether, whatever the dynamic is, employee on employee, manager on manager, manager on employee, employee on manager, whatever the dynamic, we need a safe place within confi- four confined walls where it's just us and now we do hold each other accountable. But outside of these walls, we are a team, we are a force, and we have each other's backs no matter what. Yeah, that's it. I think that's, I don't know if that came through, but I just, I've been thinking about that for a few days. I knew I wanted to put that on the podcast and I hope that kind of came through at least the point I was trying to make there. Let's get into some of the stuff from this week. I wanted to talk about um, uh, the busy week I had Monday night, man. I was had something every night this week. Monday night was food link festival of food. And I'm going to admit to you something I did that was so, it's kind of cringeworthingly embarrassing, but I still think it went fine. But I'm just going to admit to you the embarrassing side of this to be kind of vulnerable with you guys. Food Link Festival of Food is this great event they do um, usually on the second or third Monday in September at the public market where Food Link invites in, by the way, that was so delicious. Just now I took a sip of warm coffee. I'm sitting in the backyard it's it's probably only a few weekends left of being able to sit in the backyard because it's getting kind of chilly. But I just, oh, I'm going to miss this so much, sitting in the backyard doing these podcasts. Um, Food Link Festival of Food, yeah. So they, they invite in, they probably got 50 vendors, 50, 60 vendors there. Each one of us comes with 1,000 samples, and then people pay a ticket price. All the money goes to Food Link. All the, uh, all the vendors volunteer their time and donate their food, and we raise a bunch of money for Rochester's best, uh, biggest, and most impactful food bank, and I think it's fantastic. Really, really proud of that. Now, um, the event does come with a few opportunities to win awards for the vendors. And last year I won the best hospitality award and I didn't even know it existed. (laughs) But last year, just me being myself won the best hospitality award. So this year I turned on the charm and I went, geez, I did that without even trying this year. I'm going to try to be hospitable. So every single person that came through my booth, I interacted with, I was given away jars of sauce. We had some short dated butternut squash sauce. What that means is that it's set to expire in early November. So I brought like 10 cases of that and I'm giving out, a, you know, a sauce to like every fifth person and people are just thrilled, right? People are just, they're having a great time. I'm getting plenty of people coming back to my booth saying, this is the best thing here. Oh my God. So and I'm, think, I'm thinking, oh man, I'm doing well, you know, I'm, this is going really well for me. Everybody seems to have a huge smile on their face. I think it's going really well. Uh, you know, I'm crushing it, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, didn't win a single award. <laughs> what was the moral of the story? Just be yourself. Just be yourself. I'm still trying to learn that, right? Last year, I just was myself. We won an award. This year, I tried to turn it on a little bit. Didn't win shit. So let's just be ourselves. And and I think that it's always the best version when we are just ourselves. But it's a great event, and I'm super happy to have been a part of it. Julia Tedesco uh, and, and Mitch Gruber really at Food Link. Man, are they doing big things. And also the opportunity arose. You know, it's just you never know. 
what connections you're going to make in life. There's this young lady named Marcy who we interviewed for a job with Guglielmo Sauce back in like 2017. We, we were basically ready to hire our first ever person. And um, Marcy was somebody we almost hired. She was probably our second choice, truthfully, to who we did end up hiring, which is a young man named Nick Riggio, who is my business partner's bro- um, son and who's with us to this day. So I think we made the right call there, obviously. But Marcy was somebody that we interviewed and who was was about you know an inch away from getting that job if we hadn't found Nick? Um, well, Marcy works for Foodlink now, right? So I had a special place in my heart for her. She obviously remembered me for some reason, and we got to chatting. And it turns out she's a procurement person for Foodlink. She goes out and finds the stuff, and so our relationship bloomed a little bit there. And we do get occasionally some leftover stuff. And we will even occasionally get what I call stiffed. Stiffed just means somebody doesn't pay for their product, so we don't give it to them. And now it's sitting in our warehouse. And those are great opportunities for donations. And so we started a little relationship there where now we may be able to occasionally donate some stuff to Foodlink. Uh, In fact, we are donating a couple pallets worth of something to Foodlink tomorrow, Monday, that uh, may not have otherwise happened. So again, the connections we make in life, right? Tuesday night then, I had this happy hour for a group that I would really encourage you, if you're a business owner and you love our little chats, to join called Bossing, B-O-S-S-I-N-G. It's by Kelly Metris and Kelly Bush. Kelly Metris is the owner of Selena's Selena's Mexican Restaurant, Selena's Taqueria, um, and then Kelly Bush and also Bossy. And Kelly Bush is the co-founder of Bossy. She also has Marshall Street, and she has Union Tavern. So they're both restaurant owners, but they started this group called Bossy years ago that was for female entrepreneurs. And that group has become very popular. And so somewhat recently they said we should do one where, you know, they didn't – I think they probably had to consider for a while, should we open Bossy up to men? And they obviously and I think rightfully decided no. Let's not do that. Instead, let's create a second group called Bossing, which will be, be open to both men and women. And so they created Bossing, and Bossing has had, I think, now two or three meetings, and this was the third meeting at Marshall Street, and that was a really good group. And I just want to tell you, if you can, go on Facebook and like this group. It's capital letters, B-O-S-S, lowercase I-N-G, especially if you're a business owner, because these little chats, which I think they're planning on holding at least every other month, maybe once a quarter, are so good for your mental health as a business owner. Essentially, you sit in a circle and you get a chance to go around and everyone gets the chance to talk a little bit about what what's on their mind. And um, we help each other problem solve, give suggestions. Uh, it's kind of a safe place to, you know, kind of back to the beginning of this conversation, kind of a safe place to bitch because of the fact that when you are the owner, the manager in charge, right, you can't in any way ever get away with bitching because you're punching down and you punching down and bitching is always going to be looked upon unfavorably. But when you're with a group of business owners and you're in a safe place, you can kind of talk about like, you know, this guy who demeaned his employees, right? He can talk about that in that circle. He can say, geez, I'm so freaking frustrated. These kids, they know what to do. They don't do what they, that's a safe place for that conversation to happen and a place where it should happen before he does the thing in front of the public where he embarrasses himself and his brand. 
in his business. So I just wanted to give that. It's a Facebook group you can join, and we meet every couple of months. I don't think I'll miss another one. I just had a great experience there. Then Wednesday night, speaking of entrepreneur groups, was the Rotary Award, the oldest and most prestigious civic award in Rochester. The Rotary Award is held every year at the George Eastman House. Past winners include all of the biggest names you've ever heard in Rochester, the Gannettes, uh, Tom Galassano, right? I mean, the, 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 the Spalinas more recently, um, Vic Salerno, Paul DeCarlos. This year's winner was Elaine Spall. Um, the Center for Youth CEO. She's involved in a thousand different uh, charities and ways to give back. And she was so vibrant and gave such a beautiful speech. And she said something in her speech that I am going to borrow and use going forward. And it was this. She said that she learned her hospitality towards the human race, towards every person alive, from her father. And what it was was that her father spoke to everybody, loved talking to strangers. Her father was the kind of guy who, whether it was Rochester or on vacation or wherever they went, her father always talked to everybody, especially strangers. And occasionally somebody would say, hey, do you know them? What You were talking to them. You know that person? And he would always turn around. And he would always say, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. Our mothers used to hang our clothes out to dry under the same sun. And I thought, man, what a nice little cute way of putting that, right? We're all in this together. It's like we're all one people, essentially all of us chasing the same goals. And I love how he put that. I just think that's such a beautiful phrasing Our mothers used to hang their clothes out to dry under the same sun. So we're the same. I love that. And Elaine shared that at the podium. And that's how she has gone through her life. uh, And why she's been so generous her whole life. Now, on Thursday night, we were at a a special dinner. This was not a work-related thing. Although, I guess they all kind of are when you consider that you're always, always be networking, right? ABN. But we went to a uh, whiskey dinner at Crisp. And if it sounds like I'm distracted, it's because I'm trying to pull up the menu here. Crisp in the South Wedge, the whiskey dinner hosted by Tommy Burnett and Iron Smoke Whiskey and, of course, the folks at Crisp. And the chef is this guy named Jimmy who has married one of my wife's sorority sisters. And the chef at Crisp came up with this menu. And I just want to read you this menu and give you a quick review. And spoiler alert, the review is all of this blew me away. So the first one was called The Welcome, y'all. Salmon three ways, crispy, smoked, and cured, paired with an iron-smoked bourbon with house simple syrup. Then there was Not Your Grandma's Liver and Onions, faux gras, shallots, ramps, and bourbon chutney, paired with uh, iron-smoked Rosie's Apple Pie Whiskey, fresh lemon juice, and ginger beer. Then there was the Happy as a Hog. This was probably my favorite of the night. Well, maybe tied with the next thing. Whiskey-braised wild boar belly fig watercress pomegranate seed salad and maple fig gastrique paired with Iron Smoke Rosie's maple bacon whiskey, fresh lime juice, and house simple syrup. And if I could just say, I ate the entire pomegranate, which apparently you're not supposed to do. <laughs> it's after I did it, the guy next to me goes, did you eat that whole thing? Well, yeah, that's, that, those things are hard to digest. <laughs> Then there was the A shrimp etouffee over rice with an iron smoke whiskey old fashioned 
Then was an interesting, this next thing is something I've never had in my life, ready? It was called Down the Hatch, y'all. It was a brulee bone marrow shot with rosemary C. crostini paired with iron smoke casket strength bourbon whiskey in the form of a shot. So here's what this was. You get this bone and the bone marrow is intact and it's been, as it said, bruleed, which means it was, it, the flame came from the top and the very top of it was charred. The first thing you do is you go through, you scoop, and you eat. Now, that's an acquired taste. It's like eating butter. Very fatty. Very delicious. I mean, just very, very rich with flavor. But the type of thing you can't eat more than a spoonful or so. And, you know, it's just so incredibly rich. But the bottom line is because you're digging it out of this bone, you're not getting it all. You can't. It's physically impossible. You're kind of leaving little remnants in there. So the shot comes into play with this. After you've eaten the bone marrow, you pour the shot into the bone and take the shot basically from the other end of the bone. And it, as the shot travels through the bone, it picks up all those little pieces of bone marrow you missed and adds like a buttery finish to the shot. And that was really good. I don't know who the hell invented that, but whoever did is innovative and I want to know more about that person. So that was good. And then the last course was called a sweet ending. It was banana ice cream, uh, house-made banana ice cream, by the way, on a sourdough waffle finished with whiskey syrup and billionaire bacon. Um, and it was paired with Iron Smoke Rosie's chocolate peanut butter pie whiskey espresso martini. So this was just an absolute <laughs> thrill. Like my wife is saying to me, she's going, did you like that? Did you? And I told her, I go, not only did I like this. I loved it. I told her, I go, this is, this is literally what I would do every night. If I was, so let's say I won the lottery. I won, let's say I won that billion dollar lottery. This is what I would do every night of my life. I would go out to dinner and just be like, bring me the six course meal. Like, just bring me that. I want that. That would be such a thrill for me. I loved that so much. This, this chef, this Jimmy at Crisp is so talented. The owners of Crisp, the two ladies that own it are just so hospitable. Tommy Burnett, of course, being his usual self at the microphone, does a couple of songs. That was great. There was some other Rochester royalty in the room. Damian Mulconry of the famous Mulconries in Fairport was in the room being as entertaining as all hell. I can't believe, honestly, I can't believe that Damian owns a bar for a living. While I do believe he would be a phenomenal entrepreneur, he obviously is. I also believe Damien Mulconry should be in Hollywood. He's like, not only is he a handsome dude, but he's got more energy than anyone I've ever met. He is so charismatic that people tell me I'm charismatic. Please, I am a bore next to freaking Damien Mulconry. That guy is never off. Never. Um, so anyway, great night. Crisp in uh, the South Wedge. If you've never been, try it, please. Friday then was kind of the closest thing I had to a night off, but I had to go to Naples and set up for the Naples Grape Festival. Craft Cannery brands down there this weekend selling Guglielmo sauce and salsa cues and some of our Craft Cannery house brands. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, hearing this in time because this is going to come out while the Naples Grape Festival is still going on, but if you happen to be heading down there today, the Naples Grape Festival has a couple of items, Craft Cannery meat sauce and Craft Cannery barbecue sauce that are essentially collector's items because those are going to be launched under a new brand that we have coming out very, very soon uh, that uh, you'll never see them again in that Craft Cannery wrapping. You're basically part of a glorified test batch is what you are if you're getting those. So those are kind of cool, right? Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, with the Naples Grape Festival, the one negative is you can't set up until after school gets out. 
because half of the festival happens at the high school, in front of the high school and like around it in the parking lot and everything. And so you really can't set your tent up until school gets out, which is 3.30 at the earliest. So it wasn't until quarter to four, really, that I was even allowed to start setting up. It takes me about two hours. And then I had to make some deliveries on the way home. So really, it was five nights in a row this week. Actually, who am I talking about? Six nights in a row this week. Last night, I went to a birthday party for my boy Stromy, Chris Lindstrom of the Food About Town podcast, at Grace and Disgrace, which is owned by Ralph Detucci, who is the guy that does the Cristalino Ice. He's the ice guy of Rochester. If you've ever had fancy ice, if you've ever been to, like, Good Luck or Cure or something or um, and seen, you know, the ice cubes that have, like, an apple slice in the ice cube or if you've ever seen like uh uh just the big giant blocks of ice sometimes that they'll serve if you order just a shot or something or you want like uh something straight up at a bar like uh, oh i just want you know i don't know i want iron smoke on ice right some of the fancier bars will give you just a big block of ice that's what this guy does for a living he makes these these beautiful ice and he does ice sculptures too if you've ever been to a wedding with a nice sculpture really good chance he's the one that did it he owns Grace and Disgrace, and in the back of Grace and Disgrace, which is on uh, Richmond Street in downtown, Main Street in Richmond, right next to the Richmond Bar, in the back, he gave me a whole tour, is where he does his freezing. He has uh, all these tools. He's got like a bandsaw and a chainsaw and stuff that he uses to make his sculptures. Really impressive. And then in the front, he runs an event space, Grace and Disgrace, which is not open to the public. It's a, just kind of a... a it's kind of a, a rentable event space, right? You rent the space for a couple of hours. They have a full bar they'll stock for you. Uh, uh, just just a really, uh, you know, really wonderful guy, Ralph DiTucci. Fun fact, small world no, uh, thing here. His brother, Nick DiTucci, was the first friend I ever made in Rochester. He worked at the radio station where I got hired and was basically the guy who was doing my job just before me. He got promoted. I got hired. So he trained me. And also took me out to dinner, you know, maybe a week or so into me being in Rochester and kind of gave me the once over on, you know, who do you trust? Who don't you trust? Who's cool? Who's not cool? And really appreciated that. I will say everything he told me at that dinner turned out to be true about who's cool, who's not cool, who do you trust and who don't you? So that stuff all kind of comes around. Stromy, of course, being one of Rochester's uh, foodie royalty members. Had the best food I've ever seen at a birthday party last night. He had the Peruvian chicken. He had Saison noodle. He had the Ethiopian. What did he have? Wait a second. Let me go on his Facebook too. Because he had a, he had a, um, oh, he had a Facebook page specifically for his party. Here, wait a second. Oh, gosh. I hope I can see the post here. Okay. So, Zameta Ethiopian restaurant. Uh, just chicken, seasons, noodles, Rochester, just really, really good, really good everything. Uh, I knew it. My wife is before I went out. She goes, "Jesus, you know, it's a Saturday night. You really sure you want to? You really sure you want to go out on a Saturday night? You know, don't you just want to kind of stay in? We could watch a movie or something." I told her, "I go, oh, no, I, you know, I love Stromy. I want to go see him. Um, it's his birthday, and I want to be there for him. Also, the food's going to be fantastic at this birthday party. You know, it's not going to be your typical birthday party food. Stromy's going to have this thing going on. So, and he did, of course. All right, I think that's it. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for listening. Going to be a busy next couple of weekends. I can tell you next weekend we have two festivals. 
for Craft Cannery brands. We have the Mackenzie Childs Festival, which runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the Hilton Apple Festival, which runs Saturday and Sunday. And I've already had one employee call off for that weekend. So I think I'm probably going to end up suiting up, being there for some of it. So I'll try and sneak a podcast in there somewhere. Um, almost the end of festival season, by the way. Weekend after that, Letchworth Arts Festival. Three-day weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Indigenous People's Day slash Columbus Day slash Italian American Heritage Day. Um, and then I think we're done till Rock Holiday Village. So a little gap in there. Uh, but anyway, love you. Thank you for listening. Have a great Sunday. Go Bills. Go Browns. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Guest appearance. Uh, what's going on? Can we um, um, go, uh, can we set up all decorations today? You want to set up Halloween decorations? Yeah. It might be early. I think maybe we should wait until next weekend, don't you? No, we can do it. You think so? Yeah. Where are we going right now, though? Do you know where we're going next? Um, we can do it after. Well, where are we going, though? Can you tell um, the podcast people? Um, towels and, and sunscape. Yeah, we're going to Powers Farm Market to go on a hayride, and we're going to Sunscape Farms to pick out some pumpkins. And you might be saying, but Polly, it's a Sunday morning. Don't you have to make sauce? No, my stove and my microwave shit the bed. Not that I use my microwave to make sauce, but I think we have an electrical issue in one of our walls because both of them kind of browned out and are getting error messages that say that they're getting power surges. So I think we're having some sort of an issue. So we have an electrician now, I think, coming tomorrow to our house. To look at that. So basically, I get a weekend off of making sauce, which is kind of, on the one hand, depressing because I love nothing more than having sauce on a Sunday. But on the other hand, um, you know, you're supposed to, like, eat pizza and wings with football. And in my entire life, I've only had pizza and wings with football a handful of times because it's always just been sauce, you know. So today we're going to order pizza and wings and watch football. So it'll be a nice little break, believe it or not, from sauce for once. Can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but kind of excited not to have to make sauce. I get to go actually be a dad this morning and go to Powers on a hayride and go to Sunscape and pick out pumpkins. So, all right. Love you. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.